and we are live. All right, so anyone else who's been following along at home, welcome back to the Talking Average Fitness Podcast. As always, uh, I am back in control, um, away from the random day that Kevin took the reins last week. Uh, my name is Sam Burns. As always, my partner in crime is Mr. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, how are you today, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Sam. How are you today? Doing well, crushing life, happy to be here. And we are joined by our good friend, Miss Caitlin Patterson. Uh, from whereabouts are you right now, Caitlin? Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, Nar- Alabama. Narnia. Narnia. Uh, yes. But not where you're from originally. Where are you from originally? I'm from North Carolina. Oh, okay. So it's close, but similar, but not, would you say? Yeah, it's more similar than Boston was. That is very true. So that's a nice little segue. So how do we know Caitlin? Um, Kevin, you've known her longer than I have. So why don't you lead off? And remember, be polite. We have a lady <laughs> on the podcast. Tell me your intro story, Kevin. Oh my gosh, it's well, I'll I'll, I'll get there. It's just amazing. But I, like I I know Kate through um, what was it? Summer of twenty one, I think twenty twenty one. That uh, at One Nation we were hiring coaches, and we were having a hard time like nailing down someone who was like in the area wanted to do the full time deal, but we needed someone with a lot of availability because a few of our coaches were traveling around during the summer as people do um and so there is a guy named frank who i saw all over the place on the hand plan leaderboard um and kate was on there as well but frank had reached out when he saw us like post about coaching he was like hey i coach i live in north carolina would you be willing to have me for the summer like do like a summer thing yeah and so i was like let me you know, chat to the, the owners of the gym. They were like, yeah, if he's good, we'll have him. So like he submitted like a video of him coaching and um, we had him teach the overhead squat and submitted a lesson plan for Nancy. Um, and he was the best candidate. So we're like, yeah, if you'd like to come for the summer, like you'll basically live in the gym. And he was like, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, 20 year old crossfitters. <laughs> the thing is, if Frank's listening or if he ever listens, he will agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, and so he moved up and he brought Kate, like, I didn't know that Kate and Frank lived in the same area, but I saw, I knew Kate was on the hand plan thing and that Frank's on the hand plan thing. And apparently they went to the same gym and were the best of friends. And so Kate came with him to enrich her life for the better and make some amazing friends. Um, and, and so that's, that's how I know Kate is just, they decided to come up for the summer and ended up being much longer than just one summer. Um, uh, and then Kate ripped all of our hearts out by leaving and decided that Alabama was better for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but <clears throat> here we are. So I, did he leave anything out, Kate? I don't think well, so. I, I, I know the story that Kate, I know the story that Kate wants me to tell. And it's going to be like a big insight to Kate's personality, right? So um, I, we had just met Kate and Frank. Like they drove up from North Carolina to Boston. Mm-hmm. They get to the first stop, obviously, was the gym. I come in, say, hey, to everybody, like, hey, we've been in a car for 17 hours, so everything out. hurts. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Frank had to go pick up all the stuff for, like, um, the apartment that yeah. they were subletting <clears throat> and left Kate at the gym to just be stupid with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I figured we did that day, but I'm sure we did some stupid stuff. There was like it's some legless rope, rope climbs in. Yep. Yeah. Legless rope climbs, rope climbs. Didn't know how to do. So yeah. yeah. 
it, well, you learn, you either learn, you know, either sink or swim. Yeah. Um, and so did some nonsense the next day, of course, they're both exhausted having traveled. They come in because we're like, all right, we're going to train. Like the group is going to train at 9 a.m., whatever the time was. Yeah. And at this point, like with the, you know, a group of myself, Lachlan, a couple members, other coaches um, that were going to come. And Kate and Frank, I don't think at the time knew that Mr. James Hobart was going to be joining us for training that day. Um, <laughs> and so we're in the coach's office and Kate's got her hand in a tub of pre-workout. <clears throat> and so she's like unscrewing. She's like, yep, got to get like, have some of this. She's a massive scoop of pre-workout and just dry scoop, like just the dome piece. And so she slaps it back. She turns and there's James standing in the doorway of the office. And she like, <clears throat> just like <laughs> all the powder. And so James sits there and makes the most accurate judgment call. Having seen someone for three seconds, he just looks at Kate and goes, you got a few screws loose, don't you? And just, and that right there. And that's we're all. all worried. Right, no. <laughs> yeah, and that just I was like that, and incredibly accurate, and we're all dying laughing in the thing, but um, it's good. And then six months later, he actually sent me pre-workout when we yeah. moved back. Did he? Um, I like get home and there's like a strange package. It doesn't say who it's from. It doesn't say like a return address. And I open it up and sure enough, it's just dang a pre-workout. My mom's like, who sent you that? And I'm like, I'm almost positive. It's James Hobart who sent me this pre-workout. And it was. Nice. Nice. If you've, if you've ever gotten a package from James, they come in mysterious shapes and sizes. <laughs> yeah. um, there, there are, is no return address or he puts something ridiculous. Like, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, like as a return address and stuff, but it's just, it'll just be random things that'll show up one day. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, that's hilarious. I didn't know any of that. I'm, <laughs> my life is richer now for knowing that. <laughs> so <clears throat> we, we reached out to Caitlin because we wanted to have her on and we want to talk about, you know, an impending event in basically everybody's lives uh, is the new year, right? So new year, new you, all that horseshit. Um, and, and we've, we've ranted plenty, especially in the last couple episodes about, um, like how we, our opinions on how we think both athletes and coach go about dealing with things like nutrition and work to rest days and why it's stupid to do competitors training and, you know, all this, these other things. Holidays and holidays like, and it's okay to take two days off training, need a cookie. You're not going to. Right. Die. Yeah. Murph in the morning is not going to undo the Thanksgiving dinner you have later. Um, <laughs> all of, all of those things. And they're scientifically accurate, but we wanted to bring someone else in to, to kind of talk about just, you know, their perspective on things like this. Um, so since Kate was at one nation, um, you are a CrossFit Level 2 trainer now at this point? Yes? Yeah. Fantastic. And you work at X4 in where? Homewood, Alabama. Homewood, Alabama. What's that like? Uh, what was that transition going from like one nation to X4? Very different. Yeah. So when I moved to Birmingham, I was looking to coach CrossFit. I mm -hmm. do still coach CrossFit. The gym is connected. So we have a CrossFit gym. And then they have X4, which is, I mean, it's similar to Orange Theory in the <laughs> fact that it's been franchised and we have several locations in the area. Um, so I am the general manager of that location that's connected with the CrossFit. So Very I coach cool. X4 side and manage the X4 side. And then I also coach on the CrossFit side. Nice. So it's a good mixture. Um, I wear a microphone and that was new for me. Like, a, like Madonna 30. headset? Uh, yeah. So I'm yes. like always 
adjusting it. But I realized very quickly that I was already yelling and I needed to not yell in the microphone. So people were like, all right, girl, we hear you. But that was the biggest adjustment for me. Uh, we do a lot of the same movements just without a barbell. So I enjoy it. Very nice. And you've also taken on a role as kind of nutritionist or dealing with nutrition with clients inside of that facility and probably like outside of that facility mm -hmm. as well. Um, tell us a little bit about that transition coming into a role where now it's not just personal training or dealing with athletes in a group class, but now you're specifically zeroing in on like nutrition with individuals. Yeah, so it's super cool. I got my level one nutrition course through CrossFit and really enjoyed it. And then I got my precision nutrition level one and kind of realized that I wanted to do nutrition coaching. So I got a few clients when I was at the, I was personal training at the country club before I started my current job and really enjoyed it. And so then I partnered with Move Well Mobile, which is a physical therapist company that moves and partners with different gyms in the area. They go to clients' houses and different gyms that people are at to meet people where they are. And they wanted to partner to offer nutrition coaching. So gave me a lot more clientele, opened up the door for a lot of different seminars and just being able to talk to people about nutrition, which is cool. And I didn't really know it was something I wanted to do until I started doing it. And now I really enjoy it. Very nice. That must be really, really cool to kind of discover accidentally that you don't hate it. And it's like, you yeah. know, oh, I like this is a great way to spend my time. Yeah, it was definitely eye-opening for me having like my own weight loss journey. I was like, it would have been cool if I would have had somebody to kind of talk to and know any idea what I was doing because I just didn't. So I just did cross it a lot and like, <laughs> like <laughs> just, and so I don't want people to have the same experience that I did and like have to be able to look at <laughs> Yeah, I, I really appreciate that and identified with that. I think there's a lot of people who are just like, sure, I'll just do a shit ton of CrossFit and hope that's all yep. my problem. <laughs> Let me run myself into the ground real quick. Yep. Wow, I lost weight. Wow. And it's, I and mean, you know, go ahead, Kev. Say, I mean, it like that probably would solve all problems. Just like, it, like, hey, let me just do a lot of CrossFit and hopefully it solves all my problems. If it doesn't solve all your problems, you're probably just not doing enough CrossFit. And if it hasn't solved everyone's problem, then apparently we just haven't found the right amount of so much CrossFit yet. So Let's someone needs to keep trying. That's that, cool. huh? It's 12. You have to do 12 Metcons a day. 12 Metcons. I didn't think that we needed a disclaimer on this podcast, but we might actually need a disclaimer at this point. Um, I, well, it's really cool that you mentioned that, kind of going back to, damn it, I had a whole thing in my brain, but I lost it. Ah, maybe it'll come back. Anyway, oh well. I, so, I have something. I got oh, something. Yeah, just, you a quick, just a quick question for Kate. Is Homewood, Alabama the next town over from Sweet Home, Alabama? That's actually hilarious. <laughs> ah. I didn't even think about that, but um, I'll I show my know. I'll show myself out. Yeah, Sam, Sam is so disappointed in me right now. Stop giving dad jokes, and you don't have a kid. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sam! Just like his opinion of me just went from wherever it was to like at least six feet under. Like I'm dead to him now, and I'm no longer allowed on the podcast no after this episode. Like. Like, if you're going to dad joke it, like, uh, yeah, that qual. I just wasn't prepared for it. I'll go back. I'll laugh later when I listen to this. I'll be like, yeah, okay, that was pretty good. Um, so thinking about nutrition, thinking about your clients, and like, obviously, the clients you're dealing with, you mentioned, you know, kind of partnering with a, with a PT firm and like having clients at the country club. These are people who exist outside of the sphere of CrossFit. Yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> oh, that's what I was going to say. Like, 
we joke about just doing a shit ton of CrossFit, but it kind of goes back to something we've mentioned before. If like CrossFit done poorly still works, you'll still right. get strong, you'll still get fit, right? But of course, we want to steer people in the in the right direction. So, <clears throat> thinking about like the demographics that you're working with, because we're seeing a broader range of people than I might see inside of a facility, like. When people come to you and they talk about nutrition, how do they describe what they want to do, like the change that they want to see? What are their goals when they talk about it? So normally most people want to lose weight. In the CrossFit space, I do have clients who want to get stronger and want to lean out or even gain weight. So I do have the offs who want to gain weight or who want to like do more body recomp, but 90%, 95% of the people who come and see me, they want to lose weight. Sure. Um, I look directly into their life. So immediately we talk about how their sleep is, how much they drink, how much they exercise, what they're eating. Um, this sounds we, like so familiar, it's shocking. <laughs> yeah, and we look at all of that first because, yeah. I mean, honestly, they are overeating, but they're really not like most of them, if they're coming to see me and they have like thoughts of having a nutrition co coach, they're already paying attention to what they're eating. So I find that a lot of them are not eating enough protein, which is obviously super common and they're eating way too many carbs, but it's also like their lifestyle that's unhealthy. So it's lack of sleep, alcohol, lack of water, and just not eating at the right times or eating only at night when they get home from work or being super inconsistent. I don't, I recently, or I haven't found that people are just eating absurd amount throughout the day. It's just that they're super inconsistent with what they're eating and when they're eating. And I, so with the people who are kind of in the CrossFit gym, I imagine that it's a little bit more consistency because they understand that concept of consistency. But the people who are, you know, to their, to your point, if they're talking to a nutritionist or nutrition coach, they're trying to pay attention, you know, but they're probably nine to fivers they probably get to the gym a handful of times a week kids exactly mm -hmm. how so like i i think immediately about like the people i identify with like people with kids people who have kind of a fixed schedule where the big chunk of their day is not their own time they don't get to the, they don't get to decide what are some ways that you have found success helping people to manage that i know that's a really big question um but, you know, putting aside for right now, things like sleep and protein intake and stuff like that, how do you help your clients handle things like, you know, hey, you've got to eat minimum twice a day, you know, yeah. and eight hours in the middle of the day you're working. Like, how are you handling that? We sit down and we talk about their entire schedule mm -hmm. and just, we're just super realistic. Like, I'm like, okay, are you actually going to be able to eat lunch? Right. So if I tell you to meal prep, meal prep on Sundays, and you're like, yep, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to eat the same lunch every single day. Are you actually going to be able to do that? And I just, I'm super real with them. And usually it's no. And so instead of trying to convince them to do something that they're going to eventually fail at, I mean, not in a bad way, but it's just setting them up for failure. And I don't want to particularly do that because then they're frustrated and then they give up and then they're eating cake for dinner every night and it just goes down the wrong road. So Instead of doing that, it's like, okay, can we three days a week, can we eat lunch? And if you're drinking seven days a week, can we drink five? And if you have ice cream five days a week, can we do four? And we just start with that on that first week. Like, let's just take one thing out at a time. 
Let's not go crazy. Let's plan to have a tiny little yogurt for lunch. Can you sneak that? Can you go to the bathroom and eat your yogurt? Like, whatever it may be. Like, can you sample on a protein bar during that eight hours during the day? Or can you convince your wife or husband to have, you know, chicken, rice, and a salad instead of Burger King twice a week? And just starting with super simple, easy tasks that they can check off. Um, water, for example, if they're used to drinking 28 ounces, I'm like, great. Can we do 32? Yeah. Can we? Give, can you give me four more ounces? And so I just start there. And if they're knocking that out of the park that first week to two weeks, then I'm going to up it a little bit and be like, great. So, and they'll usually start seeing progress, especially with like eating more protein, eating lunch. They're hungrier throughout the day. And they're like, wow, you know, I didn't think that this would make a big difference, but it does sure. for them to continue. That's little awesome. by little, a little becomes a lot. Right. Just yeah. realize that little changes can be effective. Yeah. I mean, that... Go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll finish my thought real quick. I, I listen to you and I hear, you know, because I'm a CrossFitter, I think about everything in CrossFit terms. Like I hear mechanics, consistency, intensity in the back of my brain. And, you know, we know as trainers that that's a proven method for getting someone stronger, fitter, more capable or whatever it is. But I love that, you know, I can see very clearly making these small changes, you know, the mechanics of trying to get them to understand water intake or protein intake or consistency in eating or consistency in better healthy, healthy choices. And then, you know, helping them build those habits iteratively. And then, and only then when they've, you know, set a level of success that was achievable and then they've reached that level. You're like, cool, let's make your life more difficult. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I really like that. Kev, go ahead. No, I was just going to like, um, kind of echo what, what you were saying, like the, the little incremental steps are the best way to kind of like at least start the process of getting people moving in the right direction. Obviously we have this ideal picture of what your life would look like if you wanted to be super happy, healthy, and just a human weapon. They're like, this is what life would look like, but it's an unattainable kind of picture of perfection. Again, if you have kids, this is your job. Sometimes life gets crazy. Um, your car breaks down, uh, you know, whatever it might be. <laughs> what a, yeah, I know. Um, but whatever it might be, life's going to get in the way. So how can we kind of like set you up with these little things, little baby steps to kind of like set you up for success going forward? Um, but I had like a question for you. How do you, as, as you're kind of, you know, coaching people through nutrition and navigating through that, um, have you found, or how do you kind of navigate the misinformation that people just have kind of like embedded in their heads about nutrition about, I mean, you can branch out into like into fitness as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the, the misinformation, cause there's a lot out there when it comes to nutrition that people are just like, they have it stuck in their head for whatever reason. They saw it somewhere, read it somewhere. Their grandma told it to them 40 years ago. And now that's just the way it is. Um, how do you kind of navigate trying to break them out of that or try and like, you know, educate them on, okay, that might not be exactly right. Here's what right. it needs to be type thing. Hopefully that makes sense. That's a great question. Um, I would say that I'm super upfront to begin with. So when people are like, 
what diet do you do or what diet do you suggest? And I'm like, none of them. <laughs> so, not a single one do I suggest. That's a dumb question. Yeah. So I, I mean, when we have our initial evaluation, I'm just very straight up. and like, I'm not suggesting you to be keto. I'm not suggesting you to do any type of thing besides eat the appropriate foods that you need for your body. And that is it. Um, exercise and all those things like live a healthy life. I don't think, and I like, stand on this hill i'll die on this hill like i don't think average humans need to be scaling and measuring out down to the gram how many you know grams of rice they get to eat for that day i don't think that you know susan who has a family of four needs to be doing that to be able to be at the weight that she wants to be and the fitness level she wants to be if she wants to go to the games yeah okay maybe we can go down that road but i don't think average humans need to do that i think the average humans just need to know how much protein and carbs and fats in the meal they need so that they're not spoonfulling out handfuls of rice and zero, you know, protein. But I just think giving them the baseline of what they need each day is really all they need, unless they have really high goals that they're trying to meet. Um, a good example would be like protein being a, or sorry, peanut butter being a protein source. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, <laughs> and I'm sorry, and I hate it. I'm upset too. We're all upset, right? I want peanut butter yes. as well. And yes, you can still have peanut butter. My whole thing is my business is called No Restrictions Nutrition because I truly don't think there's anything you need to restrict. I enjoy having a margarita. I enjoy cake pops at Starbucks, right? Like I want to have those things too. So I think allowing people to have that is the best way to help them reach their goals because if you completely cut people off from everything they enjoy in life, then they're going to fall off and have all their vices in one day. So I do you, I, would Kev. me and Sam are just going to keep cutting each other off. Cause we each have a question. We're like thinking now to get, <clears throat> um, I was going to say, do you think, cause you'd mentioned like you're like in, a, in an ideal world, people aren't weighing and measuring things. You don't think it's necessary for people with a normal life. Do you think weighing and measuring your food is a worthwhile practice to get a handle on how much like you know what actually a certain like if we want to all be depressed for a second go measure out a true serving of peanut butter Mm. um well we're talking about peanut butter and you'll just quickly spiral downwards Mm. um but do you think weighing and measuring things is uh like not forever because i agree with you on that like it's not something if you're you know whipping out a, a food scale at wherever you are um to make sure you're like dialed in then you're like you know have those lofty goals you're talking about, but do you think it's a worthwhile practice to have people weigh and measure things at least for a short period of time so that they can learn how to better, how to better understand like how much they need to eat, if that makes sense. Like, so they know, okay, like this, this is what four ounces of steak looks like actually is because I weighed it. Yeah. Because I actually weighed it. It's not like, ah, that, that looks about four ounces, but you have no idea. It's actually 10 ounces and now you're overdoing it. Right. No, I totally, I have nothing against weighing. I mean, I weigh my food. Mm-hmm. I try to like probably five or seven days a week and I've gotten to where now I know about how much, you know, cause I eat the same thing every day. So about how much yogurt I need to be at mm-hmm. 120 grams of yogurt. I do think it's beneficial. I think it scares some of my clients to begin with like, Hey, now you need a scale and I need you to weigh it out. I think that makes people super nervous. I do hand portions Unless they have experience. So I do have two clients who have experience. They've had a nutrition coach before. They've tracked their macros before and they had their old macros. All they really needed was somebody to tell them to eat 
break. Um, I, one of my friends, there's a quote that he said, would you rather spend money to save time or spend time to save money? That type of thing. Like I'm probably going to do my programming because I pay money for it. So that type of thing. But I would say, yes, it's beneficial to weigh and measure your food, but I think there's other ways you can do it by hand portions. You know, a palm full of chicken is probably an appropriate amount of chicken. Um, a car beeping. <laughs> broke it already. <laughs> yeah. <It> broke. <laughs> Anyways. So yes, yes and no. I think that you can do other ways like hand portions to get around that. Maybe a few weeks in would be beneficial, but I do know some of my clients, it would make them nervous and they'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you said that this wasn't going to be that crazy. I think that's a, like a super reasonable way to go about that. And I, I know some people, people coming into the, into the CrossFit space and your car is going to die on you. You're, do you have the, do you have the keys in and like the accessory thing turned on? Shut off. It's okay. Okay. MPD. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll find out later if she's able to start the car. Um, <laughs> I know some people who've come in for like on-ramp sessions and they're like, what should I do with my food? And I'm like, don't do anything. <laughs> Just like, don't talk to me about that for another two weeks, you know? Yeah, um, it's okay. Yeah. Do you ever get, so you, you know, you, you've got these, these great principles. I think they're, you know, like a great foundation to get people started with. And especially where it's like, I'm not going to tell you to do keto. I'm not going to tell you to do hard carb, low fat or low carb, high fat. Um, like, do you ever get pushback from your clients where they're like, but I, you know, such and such an Instagram person says I need to be doing this. Yeah. I liver King said only eat heart and liver. Right. Oh, oh, well, I said it. Liver King, and I'm not telling you to do that. Um, yes. I've had pushback from people who have had nutrition coaches before mm-hmm. who have encouraged that. Mm-hmm. And I just tell them I do it differently. And I'm just, I let them know before they pay me, right, before they sign up for a month, anything like that. That's just not how I've found success. It's not how some of my clients have found success. And that if they want to change their macros after a few weeks, we will absolutely change them, right? Like if somebody's not used to getting 180 grams of protein and they're used to getting 100, I'm not going to put them at 180. Yeah. No, and they see that. And they're like, well, my previous coach told me I should be at 180. And I'm like, how many times did you actually eat 180 grams of protein? Yeah. And like a couple of times I felt super sick and bloated. Like, yes, because you went from eating 100 grams of protein to 180 (laughs) grams of protein. So like that, yeah, I'm sure you don't feel good. I feel sick thinking about that. So yeah, I get pushed back and I just tell them, or another thing is I give them a packet Mm -hmm. and say they were trying to lose 40 pounds. Their packet says they're trying to lose 10. Yeah. They're like, that's not what I told you. Like, yeah. well, what number comes before 40? <laughs> right? like, you have to lose 10 pounds before you can lose 20, before you can lose 30, before you can lose 40. Oh, this makes me so happy. Like, it's so gonna, great. What? I'm not going to starve you. Yeah. Right? A thousand calories a day because you've been eating 3,000. So yeah. you're literally, your body's in fight or flight. Yeah. So I think... I just tell them that. And like this conversation I'm having with you guys is pretty much exactly what I tell them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not cutting your calorie count from 2000 to 1000. I'm not going to starve you. I'm not taking your carbs from 250 grams to 80. And I want you to live your life and not be starving for 10 days and then be like, I hate nutrition coaching and yeah. I'm going to do something else. Right. 
I, I, love, uh, I really hope that you're that blunt with people because that, that warms my heart. You know, there are some times I wish I could be that blunt with people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do say that 10 comes before 40. Like, that's a common saying because it's just true. Like, they see it and they panic. And they're like, yeah. I, I want to lose more than that. And I'm like, I know. Like, yeah. I promise you we will get there, but yeah. we have to get here first. Yeah. It's a process. You, yeah. you got to do the things. You got to slowly work your way down. You do. And, and I, you know, I, I, I see it with... I got. A, I had a guy who came into my, my last affiliate before One Nation, and a guy walked into the gym, and he'd only been there like three days or something like that, and uh, and I coached a class, and he came to me after class. He's like, "Hey, I'm so and so. I want to go to the games." I'm like, "Sick, awesome. Let's <laughs> let's let's have a chat about that." You know, <laughs> we, you know, we had a we had a we had a come to Jesus meeting about like what that looks like. You know, and it's. To his credit, he didn't just be like, okay, cool, peace. Like, he dug in, and he's been at it a couple years now, and he's gotten so much better. But he also understands now that I wasn't blowing smoke up his ass. I also wasn't trying to, like, destroy his dreams. Like, there are steps that need to come, you know, one at a time. And as glib as we are being about, you know, 10 coming before 40, psychologically speaking, that is a fan fantastic thing like you set achievable goals and you help them achieve the goal and then they're like oh cool this works bomb you know and to something that you said earlier you know people who pay pay attention and if you you know we've talked before about value that is being provided like we want these people who we work with to actually do the things they want to do and so often we're fucking ice skating uphill trying to undo horseshit that people have said online or seen online and these unsexy things of small reasonable goals talking about sleep talking about water intake like they move the needle you know and people and, don't realize that they for as far as like things beyond what you're eating they have n- no idea that them sleeping three hours every night is <laughs> harder than and I like I've been there, so I get it. Yeah, you just don't know because you, that's the life you have to live. Like maybe you just have no choice; you have to work. You have kids; they waking yeah. you up, and they're just like pushing it to the side. And I'm like, oh, I've been doing all the things, and I've been tracking my macros, and I'm stuck at the same weight. Like, how much do you sleep? Yeah, three hours. I'm like, oh. Okay, well, <laughs> your body is in fight or flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the the unpleasant answer to give those people when you're asking, like, okay, like I, I'm not able to lose weight. Well, how much are you sleeping? If your answer is anything less than eight hours, you're making it harder for yourself. That's the thing. And and the further away from eight hours you get, the harder you are making it for yourself. So like, if you're like, you know, how much are you sleeping? And they're like, oh, like seven hours. Like, okay. Like that's relatively reasonable for a normal human. Like we can work with that. When they're like three hours, like homie, like it it ain't happening for you. I hate to tell you. Um, Well, to to take that to a really extreme example, uh, I think everyone on this call has heard of the book, Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. If not, go read it. It's, It's about that thick. And it's this guy did nothing but studies on sleep at Cambridge University for years now. One of the things that he did is he would take people, healthy, normal, you know, males and females in their 20s, they measure their blood glucose, they take a whole bunch of blood work beforehand, right? 
Then they kept them awake for four days. At the end of four days, they were pre-diabetic. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's all they did. They didn't change their diet or anything like that, but they can induce pre-diabetes. They can raise their HbA1c from whatever it was, four or five to like 7.1, I think is the cutoff for pre-diabetes, diabetes. They can do that just by eliminating sleep from that person's routine. That's how important sleep can be. Um, and it's, of course, that's a specialized instance where, you know, they're trying to fuck you up <laughs> as hard as possible. But yeah. like, you know, I feel for those people who they've got, there's one of them and they've got two kids and they got to work two jobs or something like that. And God bless them. They're trying to take care of themselves when they're also giving so much of themselves to you know, their kids and other people around them. That is not an easy place to be. Um, have you ever been put in a position where you have to like tell someone who you're working with, like, you know, it's specifically when it comes to something like sleep, hey, I think it's amazing that you know you are trying to move the needle on this, but until we until we start addressing this, anything I do over here is just gonna like not work out. Have you ever been put in that position? Similar, not so far, but I did have a guy who are currently have a man who he has some teenage kids and it's a mm. sports and they're not at the age where they're driving yet. And so every night they're eating out and he is not sleeping very much. His job is super stressful. And so I would want to say he's like between four and a half and five hours a night. Um, and he is just not seeing very much progress. And I always bring up sleep to him and he's like, why do you always bring up sleep? Like, I feel like, you know, I want to talk about what I ate and I'm, I'm looking at what you ate. And first off, you're not eating enough. So I'm really not worried about what you're eating right now. I'm worried about like, your mental health and how much you're sleeping because I'm almost positive if we could just get some extra sleep in there, you would feel better and you would not be so drowsy throughout the day and you wouldn't crave really bad foods and, you know, you would have more energy. So we talk about that. And he, right now, his goals are around sleep. Not only let people make three goals because more than that is too much to hit. So he makes his three goals and it's like sleep six hours, have a sleep routine. And then the, the other one, I let him do something else, but I'm like two of them have to be about sleep and until we get that, like, I don't need you to weigh your food out because I'm looking at what you're eating every day. I see it in your, my fitness pal. And it's not, it's not causing you to gain weight. It's not perfect, but it's not the reason that you're not losing. Oh, I'm happy to hear that like no one has gone so far to the other side. Um, yeah. Have you had your any of your clients who are, who are like they are, they're super focused on the new year and they're like, hey, it's January 1st is coming up. I want to lose 15 pounds or, you know, anything like, like anything extreme. Or have you basically done a good job with your clients and they all are kind of I, like they're pulled away from the cliff edge? Um, I don't have any recent. I had a recent sign up last week, but she didn't actually mention anything about the new year. Beautiful. I have people who kind of fell off for mm. Christmas and really convincing them that that was okay was probably the hardest part. So nothing crazy like new year, new me, nothing like that more just trying to be like, it is okay. Mm. We had a nutrition. So I do check-ins every week where we get on the phone or we meet in person, depending on where they're at. And most of them were on the phone this past week before Christmas. And it was like, what should I do? Cause I know my grandma is going to feed me cookies and I really want to, drink with my uncle, whatever it may be. Yeah. I'm like, you should eat the cookies and you should have a drink with your uncle. 
Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm sorry, I don't understand the words you're using. I, I don't understand what you just said. <laughs> like, yes. So, like, well, so what should my goals be this weekend? I'm like, the number one thing I can give you is like mindful eating. Like, yeah. just be mindful. Like, if you're full, chew slow. You're, oh wow, I am full. Stop eating. But besides that, I that's the only advice I gave them. They're like, what are my goals for this weekend? And like, your goal is to enjoy your holidays with your family. Your goal is to practice mindful eating. And your goal is to come back with zero regret or guilt for the four days, three days that you spent enjoying yourself. And that's it. And so that's, that's awesome. the goals that I gave to everybody before Christmas. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. And I think that, you know, one thing I really like about your approach that you're like giving people not just like the small step by step, but also kind of like the process has to look this way. Um, and I think that's something that people kind of lose sight of when it comes to goals, speaking on kind of like, you know, we're coming up on the new year and everyone hits you with the new year, new me. Um, and everyone wants to throw out like a majorly lofty goal or something that's either unrealistic or they just don't have a process for it. Right. So I'm coaching my classes toward like throughout this week. Hey guys, new year's coming up. Does anyone have any fun goals? Anything you're really like striving for reaching for fitness or otherwise. And someone goes, I want to eat better. Okay. So what does that mean? I don't know. I just want to eat better. All right. Sick. Um, like, you know, if, if you don't know what that means to you, or you don't know like a process of how to get there, it's not going to happen. Uh, which is unfortunate because it's not from poor intentions. I'm sure that person really does want to eat better. Um, they just don't know what that looks like or how to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the steps needed to get there. And so it's just not going to happen. That's why like every year it's like new year, new me is the biggest lie told by humanity. Um, cause it's not, it's new, it's new year, new you for about 10 days. And then that's it. You buy oh, yourself a new pair of running shoes and a pair of dumbbells that sit dusty in your garage. And that's I about it. The new year, new me though. <clears throat> huh? I have a hot take on that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hit me. I just think, okay. So I, I don't I'm think so it's ready. Bad. I don't think I feel like I hate it already. Don't talk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a bad thing. I yes, people are going to do that. It's like people being mad when the gym is full on January first because all these people are coming and signing up. Yeah. Why should we be mad that people are trying to better themselves and go to the gym? Why should we be mad and annoyed that people are trying to eat healthier? I just think that that as coaches and you know nutrition coaches, CrossFit coaches, whatever it may be, people in the health and wellness field should be encouraged, like be encouraging of that and help people stick with those goals beyond that. I think reevaluating your year, your previous year is extremely important. I think looking ahead to the next year is super important. So yeah, I get it. The new year new me is tough. And why does it take the, you know, the clock counting down from 10 to make you want to change your life? I don't know. It's something about that, that triggers people to want to make a change, but I am not necessarily against it. Mm even if it doesn't, if it doesn't last, it doesn't hurt me. Right. It just hurts them. So why would I not just encourage them to hopefully do what they want to do? And that was, you know, as I was coaching that class, trying to direct people towards. So as, as they're giving me an answer, I want to eat better. Okay. Awesome. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I just want to eat better. Okay. Well, what does eating better mean? Well, I'd probably just like to eat less junk food. Okay. Like that we're getting in the right direction. So what does that look like? What, what do you need to do to get there? 
Well, I mean, like, you know, and so they start working their way through and by the time they're done, they're like, okay, I want to eat better. That looks like eating less junk food, eating less junk food means like not having as much ice cream in the house or whatever it might be, not as much ice cream in the house or, you know, instead of eating out five nights a week, we eat out two nights a week or whatever that looks like. It now has like a structure. There's something to it. It's not just me throwing out that I want to eat better, um, but not really having a way to get there. Um, so I, like I went through each person in my class with the same sort of thing. You got any goals? Uh, yep. I'm going to do this. Okay. Awesome. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does that look like? What are you hoping to get out of it to try and like get them to start thinking about those things? Because in my mind, like that's the only way things are going to actually change is if you have somewhat of a structure or maybe not a plan, but like a plan in place. Like, what does that look like? What does it mean to you? It's not just, I want to eat better type thing. Oh, it's like so, the progressions of nutrition. Huh? It's like the progression of nutrition, yeah. like the progression of a ring muscle up. Like, yeah, it, pretty yeah, much. Like it, 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 yeah, there needs to be a progression to it. And um, if I had something else, I, I just, similar to Sam, just had something in my head and off it went. Um, <clears throat> Why well, I, I would go so far as, so I'm, I'm biased, right? So in the same way that I think, understanding how to effectively plan a lesson for a class is so flipping critical. And if you're not doing it, there's a major component of how coaches go about executing on that class missing. I think that having an approach to something like a goal, whether it's nutrition or you know a movement or flexibility or whatever, but maybe most especially nutrition, because you know, I have a lot of people who have no interest in learning a muscle up, but almost everybody I know knows they want to eat better. Mm -hmm. And having some kind of plan, and if they don't know, if they don't have the experience or confidence to you know, have that plan by themselves, then knowing where to reach out and who to talk to and having someone who's close to them be like, hey, you know, I, I know this person, they've helped me, they're a trusted confidant, they're not full of shit. You know, they're not going to, they're not going to lead you down the rabbit hole. Um, that's, that's so important at the same time, so hard. Um, can do me a favor, like walk me through, like, what, what do you do when you work with your clients? So like, like I know for me, myself, what it looks like when I take a look at my macros and what I'm paying attention to, mm -hmm. but talk to me like I'm, I don't have the same nutrition understanding that you might. And it's very possible that I don't, but really talk to me like I don't for sure. In the sense of what it looks like to, to go through nutrition coaching with me or yeah, like, so like, for example, you've mentioned my fitness pal, you've mentioned okay. checking in with people. Like what's the nuts and bolts of how you work with a client and how you like help them remain accountable. Right. Okay. So we start with an initial evaluation. Mm -hmm. It's like an hour long, and that's where we deep dive into their life. Everything they don't want to tell me, they have to tell me. Force them. Uh, <laughs> they tell me all this information and I give them their macros. So they get how many carbs, fats, and the protein that they need a day. I don't ask them to track it to begin with. But it's just what they pay for, right? Sure. They deserve to have their macros. It's a like I base it off of what they're used to eating. So I base it off of obviously height, weight, yeah. exercise, all the numbers that we need but then i also change it when we get into that initial evaluation to what they have been eating yeah. so the same concept of eating 180 per, 
grams of protein and you've only been eating 80, we need to meet somewhere in the middle. So we give them their numbers and they set three goals immediately. They take pictures of their food basically the first week. So I don't want you to change anything. Telling somebody not to change something automatically makes them change something. Right. So I don't need them really to do it, right? So you're already paying for a nutrition coach. If you're taking pictures of what you're eating and sending it to me, you're going to already make changes without me telling you. <laughs> I don't need to tell you to measure out your protein yet because right. there, and I promise you, if you're taking a picture of your protein, you are gonna be cognizant of what you're showing your nutrition coach. Sure. But, yeah. It's, another thing is I tell people that second week to try to get more protein in and they're like, well, shouldn't I lessen my carbs and fats? Yes. But by getting more protein in, you're going to be fuller. You're not going to crave those things. I don't even need to tell you that. And so I really don't take anything away right away. And because it just kind of happens automatically. Once we've reached that step, then I'm going to start looking at really how much they're eating. We're going to look at trying to hit those numbers more. It's like, again, the progressions, with nice, easy, simple, achievable goals. So yeah, we set three goals they accomplish them. They're on an app called Everfit, which I love. It is like, what's the coaching app? that everybody uses right true coach, true coach. Um, it's basically true coach but for nutrition oh, nice. so i can set them tasks so say you're my client and your goals this week are drink 80 ounces of water eat protein with every meal and only drink twice a week you're going to get notifications every day that says did you drink your water and they're going to put in how much water they drank that day it's going to let them check off if they ate the protein with breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So at breakfast, they'll check it off and they'll take a picture of what they ate. Lunch, it's super user-friendly. It's very easy to use. They can message me on there, but we just text. It's not necessary. It tracks their weight so they can see a graph. You can see a graph of how much water. If they want to track their protein each day, you can see all that. You can take it as far as body fat percentage. Anything they want to track can be on there. It's fantastic. Their macros are on there. And then it also connects with my fitness pal. I only have a oh, few. Oh, sick. Yeah. I only have a few clients who actually connect their my fitness pal, which is totally fine because I only have a few clients who actually use my fitness pal. Right. So I can see, and I really don't use that that much because if they're taking pictures of it, I can see what they're eating. Right. So I have a good idea of what they're consuming and it just really helps them understand how much they're having. I also, off of Kevin's point, it's really easy to scan mm. something and say that's the serving size. Yeah. And I think this is probably the serving size that this Jasmine Rice says it is. And like, really, you're eating double or triple. Yeah. So I find it's more beneficial to see the picture because yeah. I can tell decently well, like not down to the gram, but if you're, you know, eating a plate full of rice, it's not the serving size. Right. So, I really like to encourage people to take pictures. After that, they're checking in with me every day via the app. Mm -hmm. But then we meet once a week in person or over the phone. And we talk about just their week in general. So how the numbers were. Are we hitting our goals? Did you feel like you had the resources you needed to meet those goals? Is there anything I can do to help you? If everything's good and kosher, we leave the numbers the same. If we need to change something, they're super hungry. Maybe we'll all increase it a little bit. If they're super full, we'll decrease something. And then we'll go from there. And then on Sundays, they complete a weekly check-in that just I copied, honestly, from my personal coach who does my programming. 
he asked people at the end of the week how their nutrition was. I don't ask these specific questions, but how their sleep was, how stressed out they were, if there's any issues going on, if anything I need to know about travel, anything like that, they let me know in this little nice document that I can see from week to week. And if every week they're stressed out, then I can look back and have a conversation with them about why they're stressed. Cause that's yeah. obviously going to be another factor in trying to reach their goals. So that's really slick. You said the app that you use is called Everfit. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'm going to have to look into that. That, that sounds like a, I'm also a geek when it comes to like apps and integrations and stuff like that. So now I just want to like poke around and be like, does it talk to this? Does it talk to this? Yeah. So they do. I'm going to say it's not, that portion is not the most user-friendly ever fit. Yeah. Want to fix that. Uh, if you're, you know, listening to this podcast, we'll tag them. <laughs> tag them and let them know it's, you have to, so it integrates, but they have to go make sure that they are. My fitness pal is public. Mm -hmm. It has to integrate with the app. Yep. Then I have to like click on the link and then it takes me to my fitness pal. So I can't just see it through Everfit. It has to take me to my fitness pal and I have to like, add them as a friend. It's like a process. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cause if I am curious and I'm like, Hmm, she's been telling me she's been eating this much. Let me go check. Yep. But honestly, if they're taking pictures. I don't need it. So I love the idea of, <laughs> so to your point, you know, if they're taking pictures, they're going to change what's on the plate. It's like, yep. it's like Schrodinger's nutrition plan. <clears throat> like anytime that you don't even have to ask them to make changes. No. The no. moment there's accountability and you're like being honest with someone else about what you're doing, all of a sudden shit starts to fall in line. Yep. I, I mean, I have a client who literally said, I've had nutrition coaching before. I know my pros and she is lean, mean, like she's jacked. Right. right? right. Like, I don't need you. What I need to do is I need to pay you. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. She's my easiest client, obviously. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she just needs to pay for the accountability. And I get it. I mean, I'm the same way. I do nutrition coaching and I have a hard time following my own rules because no one's keeping me accountable besides myself. Yeah. So having somebody look over what you're eating and just detect and be like, gosh, I haven't hit my protein today. And I'm just like, haven't had time. Just somebody to vent to people love. Well, I'm going to throw it out there. If you want to pay me to take a look at your MyFitnessPal every day, I have no problem doing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll pay you $5 a month. $5 a month. <laughs> I, think, I think my services are worth more than that. I, you know, I could make a case. I was really know? afraid that you were just going to fall for it, though. Mine are. Yeah. I'll take $5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin, nice. you're hired. <laughs> awesome. Also, look be like, looks great. Keep going. Keep me in. I actually use Omex though, which unfortunately oh, there we go. Clients on because mm, yeah. uh, well, it's not public yet. It's still in beta. They're, they're yeah. still they're still beta testing the whole thing. But I like it ten times better than my fitness pal. So there you go. So we got we got about ten minutes left in the hour. I would like to geek out just a little bit. So we. We've mentioned Omics, we've mentioned MyFitnessPal. There are a bunch, and I'm sure we've all played with a bunch of these tools. Real quick, lightning round style. Um, do you wear a fitness wearable? Whoop, okay, cool. So second question answered, fantastic. Do you have your Whoop tied into your phone so that like Apple Health and the Whoop always also talk to each other? No. Yeah. What does Apple Health do if you don't have a, a watch? Uh, well, so Apple Health is a really quick diversion. Apple Health is the iPhone's built-in database for all health metrics. So, for example, 
you can tell Whoop to connect to it, and Whoop will understand you know, what your heart rate and your strain and your sleep are, and they'll tell Apple Health about that, right? So then if I go to something like um, Omix or my Fitness Pal or I have Chronometer or something like that, mm-hmm. if I do a check-in on my InBody scale, InBody is tied to Apple Health. Chronometer, which does my nutrition, sees my Apple Health check, my check-in from my InBody scale. So it's like a center collection place for oh. all that data. Okay. All right, so you like uh, Omics. Why do you like Omics? Hmm. Because I didn't like MyFitnessPal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> cool, honest. Um, I like I it. Support her. Uh, I just, it's convenient. Like, convenient. Convenience is key for me. Yeah. I do find, like you're talking about, the integrations of Apple Health. It's just, it stresses me out. Mm. So her app is simple. I eat the same things every day, so I just click repeat day most days and it's love it and yet all my saved foods are in there i don't have to keep scanning it it's just easy whereas my fitness pal like the screen just looks crazy and i have no need it's like the rp app like does rp have success absolutely and a lot of athletes use it but i downloaded the app and i deleted the app within like four minutes because (laughs) it asked me for my schedule and i'm like well what if my schedule changes and and what if I don't have 12 grams of protein right now? And I was like in a panic. I'm like, okay, you're not going to the girl, take a breath, use the Omics app and just go about your day. So I think they're useful. And I love the whoop. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I keep it pretty simple. Nice. Kev, tell me, what do you like? Uh, so I, like, I don't track my food. To be you completely honest, fail at this part yeah, of the I, podcast. Yeah, I, I do. I do fail at this part of the podcast because um, I don't. I don't track it because I mm-hmm. like. I'm a relative, like I, not relative, like very disciplined human. Like if it's time to go to bed this time, it's like I'm going to bed this time. If it's time to wake up at this time. Wake up at this time. Like I know what I need to eat for me to perform and and feel good and recover well. And if I have a day that I'm like, wow, I really didn't recover well or had like a really hard session. Um, then like, I know, like I need to intake some more carbs to do that. Like that's, I'm very intuitive with what I need to eat. And I'm also not opposed to like, if I want a cookie, I'll have a cookie. Um, and, and we're always good in the hood. Um, so I do, I'll go through like brief stints where like, that's like my kind of like new year, new me thing. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to get back into tracking my food and I'll track my food for like three weeks for like no for like a few weeks but what you'll see is like the first four days were like all the meals were logged and then like the next week it's like i forgot a dinner here i forgot a lunch there what did i have for a snack i don't fucking know so it's like it just ends up as like a mishmash things i'm like ah well this is dumb and i just kind of chuck it to the side um i i do like the the you know i was asked to like be a part of the beta test for omics because of knowing cast uh, and I think the app is is great at what it is. I just don't use food trackers often enough, consistently enough, whatever, for that to be valuable for me. Um, but I thought that the app was nice, that the whole interface, and they keep making improvements in the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. the, you know, I tried RP for a while, like the RP app. And the things that I really liked about that, which made sense for me, is like, I, I'm one of those humans, which I know like people were like, oh, it's ridiculous. Like, I'll forget to eat. Well, as I'm going about my day and going about my business, because I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And all of a sudden it's been 12 hours and I haven't had any food or water. I'm like sick. So 
um, I like, I would forget to eat. So the biggest thing for me, which was like, okay, what's your schedule? And they're like, tell me you need to eat here, 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 and here. And even, and if it was like, you need this amount of protein, this amount of carbs, this amount of fat, I would like, you know, it'll tell me how much of that food to eat. If I have chicken available, I'll be like, right, I'm going to eat chicken. And it's like, all right, awesome. You need 4.6 ounces of chicken. I'm like, done easy. Um, like, it'll tell me how much of that to eat. So I don't have to yeah. like go into the app, be like, okay, I'd like to do chicken. And then you search it and you're like, okay, well, how much chicken? Well, I need this much of protein. So like, you're like adjusting the little like sliding scale type thing to try and figure out how much chicken you need. Or if you can have chicken, then you like, you log it and it's like, oh, well now the fat's over crap. Got to go back and retool the whole thing. So I like that about the RPF was it like, it told me what to eat, when to eat it. Um, and, but the same thing as I was consistent with, consistent with it for like a few weeks and i was like well you know i missed x amount of meals the app keeps yelling at me you haven't eaten in 15 minutes you're a sack of shit and i'm like well I'm probably accurate so um that's kind of my thing with the nutrition I'm, I'm the worst person i do fail at this section of the podcast because i don't track my food that's hilarious also i have done i've played with almost every app there is um we've talked about omics before i also got into the beta on omics um, I, I like it. Uh, I think it's once I got, once I got a couple things figured out and they made a couple UI mm -hmm. improvements, it mm -hmm. was a yep. little bit more straightforward in terms of like, I want it to do this. So have it go to that window, that kind of thing. Um, I have played with my fitness pal and I don't care for it. It's too clunky. Uh, RP was great for the exact same reason that Kevin mentioned, you know, you have your macros. I'm going to have three meals. Cool. What's in my fridge. Awesome. Ham ham and it will tell me how much ham i need and then based on other things they're like oh well if you have this much cheese it'll fill in these things and that part is really handy mm -hmm. um and it's the only app i've ever seen that comes at it from that perspective mm -hmm. other than mm -hmm. being like you tell me how much chicken you ate and then i'll tell you if it was right or wrong yeah. um <laughs> i had uh my wife and i did a, a six-week challenge over the summer nutrition challenge and I don't know about anybody else, but if you're in relationships and you are not the person who cooks, very, very hard to be like super strict with like dinner portions and stuff like that. And our saving grace was an app called Chronometer. So she and I both had Chronometer accounts and Chronometer has an app on the phone, but it also has a website and she could input all of the pieces that's in a recipe like... Same thing you can do with my fitness pal. But then once we were friends with each other, she could give that recipe a name. So she puts it into her computer for whatever the recipe is. I can pick it on my phone and be like, all right, how much of this should I have? And I'm like, I need, you know, 80 grams of protein, such and such a carb, such and such a fat. And I just dial the slider and it tells me how much of that meal with all of the shit that's in it do I need to have. And I've never been so consistent in my nutrition. First of all, because she and I were on the same page, we were doing the same things mm -hmm. for the same reason. Um, but having like that feature in particular made it super easy to just get everything done. Um, but at, at this point I'm at, I eat typically two times a day and I'll have like a small snack in between. And I know without a doubt what my breakfast is gonna be. And then there's something in the afternoon and dinner yeah. is a total fucking dice roll. Um, and it's, 
since we're not putting stuff in chronometer, I just don't track it. And I just, I try to be smart about what I'm doing, which is maybe the best that I can hope for right now. There you go. So final burning desires. We're coming close to 60 minutes here, which is about typically what we aim for. Um, Caitlin, you've got a, a platform here of tens of people who are potentially going to listen to this because you can never guess who's going to listen episode to episode. But across all platforms, we've got at least 60 subscribers here who are waiting with bated breath. If you were going to tell them something coming into January, what would you say? Oh, I wish you would have asked me that question before the podcast so I could have had a like brilliant, <laughs> for you. brilliant answer. Yeah, something like something really good. I would just say that being consistent is the best thing to be for 2023. You don't need to make any crazy changes. You don't need to, you know, decide that you're going to be a famous crossfitter. You're going to rock climb or whatever it may be. You can have your passions and you can try something new, but just make small goals, small achievable goals and be consistent with those little goals. And then once you start reaching them, then you can expand. them. Beautiful. Kevin, final thoughts? I mean, pretty much same thing as Kate saying with the small goals. I would just maybe like the way I had it worded in my head was like, have your have your goal, whatever that goal is, but then also have like steps how to get there. Like the incremental, all right, I'm, I'm going to go to the CrossFit Games. Okay, step one, I should learn what a thruster is. Step two, you know, you do, so a, lot it's like, you know, yeah, do <laughs> a lot of thrusters. <laughs> And so you have like, you know, a, a process of how to get there, but like, you know, have, have your goal, um, but just have your kind of step-by-step -step process of how to get there. And if you need help creating that step-by-step -step process, ask Sam, cause he's smart. If all else fails at Sam.crossfit on Instagram, his DMS are only full of me sending him stupid stuff. So mm -hmm. ask him for help nice. and his knowledge. And yep. <laughs> appa apparently it's worth more than $5, but you might have to haggle that a little bit. Oh, a little bit. Caitlin, okay, what were you saying there? What were you saying before he cut you off, Caitlin? Yeah, he does do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just saying that your phone's always on do not disturb, but you do eventually respond. So That's true. If you need That's to be true. in contact with him, just have a mental breakdown and he'll finally answer. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, be, to be fair, you weathered that extremely well. So you didn't really need me for those things. No, you uh, didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I am really, really glad we had the chance to pull you in and steal an hour of your time. Thank you for doing that. I think this, I think this shit's hilarious. And, you know, we kind of knew what we were getting into when we asked you to do this. And so thanks for not disappointing. You're uh, <laughs> so we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna call it right now. Uh, so we're gonna end the recording. Caitlin, thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks guys. Yeah. All right, everybody, anyone who's listening, watching, we'll see you next week.